This is where Canucks conversation lives. With our first selection, we select from Tamra Elias Peterson. For fans, by fans. Quinn Hughes, Jake Vertanen. That speed, that power, those hands. The SCT Podcast, brought to you by Four Seasons Disposal. Here are your hosts, Tanbir Rana and Nam Man. You're listening to the SCT Show, presented by Four Seasons Disposal. I'm Nam, he's Tanbir. This is where Canucks Conversation lives. And it was unfortunately, depending on which side of the fence you were on, a either a shitty weekend or a very, very good weekend if you're a team tank or if you were still alive with that faint hope of team playoffs. But you know what, Tanbir? Unfortunately, your, uh, or, or fortunately for you perhaps, your absence from Twitter was not for nothing. Can you imagine them ended up like sneaking into the playoffs somehow? And it would have been you off Twitter for four weeks for nothing. But um, fortunately for you, you your uh, your um, Jack Hughes um, uh, streak here of, of praying for for a lottery win will still be intact. And let's see what happens in a couple of weeks when the lottery happens. Uh, what are your thoughts on this weekend? What are your thoughts on what you're seeing so far? I know you have a lot to talk about uh, about Mr. Vertanen. Yeah. Um, you know, it. well, that Calgary game was entertaining as fuck. Like, that was a really fun game to watch. I know the first period didn't go the Canucks way, but it, Flames dominated. Most of it was puck possession. But that third period, the Canucks did not fucking quit. And that's the kind of effort I want to see from this team. Yeah. Win or lose, that was the ex- expectation for me going into the season. Like, you know, like, obviously, you started getting a little bit of hope uh, halfway through the season, like in January, February. You know, this team might be able to make the playoffs. They're being Colorado coming out of the, lo- the one-week break. Um, the All-Star break. Uh, yeah, the All-Star break, whatever. And um, when you start you start building a little bit of hope, and you start seeing the good players keep performing consistently, like Pedersen and, and Horvat and Besser, and they're still doing it. That's a good sign for the team going forward. And that Calgary game, I, the one thing I was thinking of when I was watching that game, I was like, when the Canucks get good, those games are going to be so much more fun to watch. And they were fun to watch even even yes that on Saturday. They were fun to watch. And I can't wait to like to play them in the playoffs one day, hopefully one day. Um and see Brady Chuck try to uh you know irrit uh you know get under Pedersen's skin or or Matt, yeah, sorry, Matthew Chuck trying to get under Pedersen's skin or um you know, like getting, uh, you know, uh, maybe Jake Pratton, who may, may still be on the team at, around that time, you know, hitting like a truck, you know, like I want to see that kind of stuff. And I'm excited to see what uh, what happens going forward, especially next year, because next year is a big year for the team. And Columbus game, I don't even want to talk about it. Um, I thought Demko wasn't terrible, but there are a couple of goals he could have had. Um, again, every goal is going to come in and going to struggle, especially in their first five, six games in the NHL. So like I didn't expect much, but you know obviously you'd like to see him play better. Um, again, he's gonna he's gonna have some tough times, but it's part of the process. He hasn't played a lot this year, and it's unfortunately um, first started off the year was injured, missed the first couple months, and then since then he got some games in Utica and then got called up. Um, and they've been playing Marky a lot, and rightfully so. He's had a phenomenal year. I mean, you look at. Um, many of the advanced stats for goaltenders, and um, it's been just absolutely an amazing, amazing season for you know what they what what he's done. Um, arguably speaking, he's played like almost like a top five goalie throughout the year. Uh, if he was playing on a better team, he might have won the Vesna. So the interesting thing about Markstrom now is, as they're entering the off season, Markstrom has one more year left. I know you know we've previously mentioned hey maybe you trademark strom you make a big move here but from what you've seen in demko i know he's very young what, i mean what do you think they should do um that's a, yeah no i i've been the one that's always been like you know try risking it and try maybe trading De- uh mark Markstrom. and seeing what demko could do and i understand the people that are worried about that because you know it could definitely make the team take another step back and that's a scary situation for the ownership because you know it's about making money Playoff revenue. playoff playoff revenue. I understand that, but 
there's times you just gotta risk it and when you risk it that shit pays off sometimes man mm-hmm. like and I, i'm not saying you know i i think that there, i i, I could make it a you know a case for trading demco i think if you could package demco i think if you believe in markstrom who, who you know i think he's been great like don't get me wrong i think he's been amazing yeah, i think goaltending is so hard to predict in the yeah, nhl i remember do. cam talbot had a monster year in Edmonton. Couple years ago. Yeah. yeah and and he didn't he hasn't been the same since who uh, exactly and i think goaltending is really hard to predict but if you really believe that markstrom is a guy going forward and you don't have to sign him in the summer you could sign him throughout the year next, next year, year and you could even keep demko around that time and just see how things play out that's a safer route but if you want to make an impact and you want to make a risky trade and a, and a trade that could just change the team, you know, like the, either trading Demko or Markstrom and packaging them up in a deal where that could bring you like a right shot defenseman that could, you know, that could make a difference for this team or even a, a winger that could play with Bo Horvat. Like you need those things. And a goaltending is something that you could you could get away with having bad goaltending and making a play. Look at what San Jose is doing with Mar- Martin mm-hmm. Jones. Like He's got a save percentage under nine, and they're one of the best teams in the league. Connor Hellebeck hasn't looked the same this year. Um, there's teams around the league that haven't had great goaltending, but they're so good up front and defensively that they've found a way to be impact teams in NHL. So I'm not saying that trade both of them. I'm saying... You know, try try. <laughs> Who re- needs gold? Exactly. <laughs> I'm saying maybe look into something where you could move one of them and get something in return, like a big, a big, big, big trade in the summer. And I don't trust Jimbo, Jimbo to make that trade. No. So Francesco, if you're listening, fire Jimbo. Of course he's listening. Uh, but I will say, goaltending typically, they, they goalies just don't have much value around the league for whatever reason. Even a guy like Demko right now. I don't even know if we'd be able to get like a second round draft pick for him. Honestly, here's a, here's a scenario: um, a team like Carolina has a, has, doesn't have a goalie going into yeah. the future. A team like Buffalo, they yeah. don't really have a goalie Unsure. going into the yeah. f- future. And those two teams have some assets that you might be able to, you know, take back. Again, I'm not saying a straight up. A like straight, a I'm not deal. saying like a straight up a Markstrom for some yeah. player on Buffalo or, or Demko for a straight up player. I'm saying. A trade where you could package up some players, like you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed to trading for Tannen right now. Like, I'm not saying I'm wow. low on for Tannen. I'm not. Let's I'm let's, just let's, sick let's, and- let's freeze this for a second. Tan beer, like holy smokes, this is what happens to the guy. He goes off Twitter for like two, three weeks, and now suddenly he's open to trading Jake for Tannen. Well, I've always been that open. speed, <laughs> right? Like, what, 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 what happened here? Like, that's what that's what that the, speed, the, though. Eh? That's, I know, but that, that speed is an asset. Yeah, that, that's our entire intro. Like, yeah. what are we gonna do if if the Jake Vertana gets traded again? I'm I'm not opposed to it just because he's got value. He's one of the players on the team that has value. He's young enough. Yeah. He's, he's got a skill yeah. set that teams might look into and be like, you know what? I would love to have that kind of player yeah. in our bottom six that can make an, a, a good team or too. Like maybe really, they even think middle six. Exactly, middle, exactly yeah. in the middle six. So um, I'm not opposed to trading just because I'm sick and tired having this conversation with people about what Jake Vertanen is and what Jake Vertanen can be and what Jake Vertanen is doing wrong because I'm sick and tired of people just bashing this kid. And I think he needs to change the scenery. And mm. even though he's got 14 goals, and he could ha- he could have 16 by the end of the year, and that'd be a 20 goal pace pretty much, um, which is what we expected from Jake yeah. Bertanen. But there still seems to be this negativity about Jake that all his goals were flukes, or he's got too many empty net goals, or he's uh, misses the net too much. He doesn't know where the fuck to take the puck. And I agree. I think there's times where he should just try bashing his way towards the net. But he doesn't have that. He doesn't want to do it. Or no, I feel like he doesn't want to do it. Or speed, that power. I, I feel like he's all on Nashville Predators. Honestly, though, I think he has that skill. And when I watch him play, there's times he frustrates the crap out of me, man. I'm, I'm telling you, like I was watching that game against Columbus, and a few times where he ha- even against Calgary, he had a few chances. He just can't bury. He's he's one of those guys that. He doesn't think the game has high hockey enough. IQ. Just man. Uh, like yeah. we were talking about it yeah. uh, on the pod before, uh, well, not on the pod, but before we yeah, started talking, yeah. he doesn't seem like one of those guys that wants to make an impact. He no. doesn't want the puck on his stick and make a difference. He just wants to play his role, 
make make a uh, mistake free, dump and chase, four check. You know, if he scores a goal, like, good. I think he just wants to play his role on his te- on the team. He doesn't want to be a, a a guy that drives play. He doesn't want to be like Besser. When Besser has the puck, he wants to make an impact. When Pedersen has the puck, he wants to make an impact. When Horvat has the puck, he wants to make a fucking impact. And Jake Vertanen, I'm sorry, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, he went six overall, people. Like it's not his fault. And yeah, he doesn't want to make that impact when he has a when he has a puck on a stick. He just wants to uh, play his role, and that's okay. I, I think there's a role for him on the team. But again, if you, the fans are expecting you to score thirty goals each year because you went sixth overall, that's it's unrealistic. The status. It's, it's unrealistic. the draft pick status, unfortunately yeah. for him. And that's bullshit, and, in my opinion. You know, it's not he's, fair. He's to the from kid. he's from the backyard. You know, like I mean, he's got that pressure, and I think just some of his you know the off ice habits. It's so easy to pick on a guy like this. Oh, yeah, it's not fair. Right, and it's unfortunate. Roger? And another reason why, besides the fact that he's in scoring 30 goals how fans want, uh, another reason why I think he's in trade talks is because probably with him and Hutton are really the two players that actually can bring something back for this Canucks team. That's true. So they represent some sort of potential in the trade market. Which, something that you'd be willing to give up. Right. right? Let, let's keep it real. We're not going to move kind of Besser. Do you know what good teams do? They buy low. Yeah. And well, right now, Vertanen, as much as we think he has a lot of uh, uh, like a lot of um, value, teams around the league might be only willing up to give whatever well, he's, Vertanen he's, they he's, think is worth. Right? He's a buy low option for any other team, but if the Canucks are trading him, they're also getting a player who has upside. Mm-hmm. For example, a guy like Josh Hosang that hasn't worked out in New York. No, I'm not trading. But, uh, not, not 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 specifically Hosang, but a guy like Dante that who Hall has guys. upside potential who just hasn't worked out in a specific city. Right mm. or in a specific team. That's the kind of trade that I see um, Vancouver making for Jake Vertanen. It's probably probably a defenseman. Is I, would, um, I know he just signed today, Dante Fabro. Unfortunately, that dream is over. It's not about over. getting well about getting him as a unrestricted. That just means Nashville has to move a right shot defenseman. That's that's correct. I think they're going to move PK Subban. I, agree. I think and hope but, the Canucks aren't in. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless it depends what the price is again. Depends, it all depends on the price, right? I mean, he's got he's like I think two. Though. He's got like two years left on his deal. He's got a bad if year too. If it's just one of those things where you're just like you know, basically taking on a cap hit, then I you know the Canucks could in theory afford that. I think it's I think he's got two more years left. But um, the thing with Jake is I, like I was talking about it. Uh, I think in the group with you guys. Yeah. If you're gonna trade Jake, you're gonna have to package him with one of the goalies and a prospect that we actually love, like a Tyler Madden. And that the the reason I bring up Tyler Madden is because we're pretty good down the middle. We got Gaudet, we got Horvat, we got uh, um, uh, Pedersen, uh, and you know uh, I think he's like like people could say, oh, why not move Wu? Wu is a, a, an asset that we need. We need a right hand shot defenseman, yeah. right? Well, Tyler Madden, who's having a great year in in, in college, is an asset you could move in a package yeah. deal that could get you something back, right? Like I was talking about maybe targeting a guy like Jacob Truba and. I think Jacob Truba doesn't want to play in Winnipeg. I think it's I don't know if Winnipeg, I think Winnipeg's going to have to pay him a lot of money to keep him and they're willing to pay him a lot of money to keep him, but is he willing to stay there? That's the question I have. Right. I think like Thatcher Demko is a name that's come up a lot on Twitter amongst Canucks fans as to who may get moved, but really like yeah, okay, it makes sense in theory, but the value is not there. Yeah, value just value there. from like Canucks fans are saying he he can get a lot. In reality, no. no. His he, value isn't Crazy high, but that's why you got to package him with guys that have value. Like a Tyler Madden has value. But are these not the kind of trades that everybody is so afraid from Jim Benning to make? Well, and are these not the kind of trades that the Canucks themselves have stayed away from? That's why you've seen players like uh, them, them target buy low players, and a lot of those buy low players they've targeted because they don't want to give up the youngsters. Yeah. yeah. And by and in turn, those buy low players haven't turned out to be anything for the Canucks. The one time they bought high was on Gabranson. Yeah, <laughs> even Sutter, exactly, even right? Sutter was and, uh, a pretty really? penny they paid. Yeah. Sutter was no, like they a, did pay quite a bit for him. Yeah. But Gabranson's like, the key, right? Like Gabranson to be honest, on paper, I don't mind the Gabranson trade. We they just targeted the wrong. Defenseman. Yeah, yeah. Well, the trade itself wasn't necessarily bad. I don't think yeah, it was just, just Branson never turned out to be the right guy. But that yeah. could have been somebody who could have worked out, right? Yeah, and then you know, of course, I've had it worked out, and he's a top four defenseman. You're all happy. Luke about Shen it, right? has done a 
what I wanted Gabranton to do. Hey, remember I said that at the beginning <laughs> yeah, of the year? Yeah, I told no, you to. I, I said Luke Shen. I did not see enough. I did not see enough of Luke Shen to make yeah, that. You know, and I'm pretty yeah. sure you didn't either. No, you just went off it by was just not how bad. bad. And Gutty's played well in Pittsburgh. He played well in Pittsburgh. And I think it's all on the system, man. I think it's all the system. But then, doesn't that tell you something about the system? You think the using the? I'm just saying. I don't know. I like the way. I like the way Travis. Travis, uh, I like, like the way he the thinks. Tempo. He wants to play a high tempo game on the rush, you know, like score. And and I think Gabranton is too slow. And it, we'll see what what Gabranton really is when he comes mm. when he plays in the playoffs. Yeah. But again, I think the Pittsburgh system. You think Mike Sullivan's a crazy, a really good coach? Like he? Well, he's won two cups, man. I know he's won two cups, but he's got I'll Crosby and Malkin, right? And Malkin oh, and Crosby, true. right? And he's he has Kessler. Malkin and Crosby, but he won those cups yeah. like literally like no defense, no defense. And now Gabranton's going to be leaned one on year, heavily. Like, Letang, Letang was out the entire year. I think when you have heavily. two great players like that, yeah, it's, it's your window is just going to be open man. so long because, yeah. again, you could say your coaching is the reason you won. I think at the end of the day, the reason you won is because of those two guys. And Letang's no joke either. I know they won a cup without him. Matt Murray just comes out of nowhere and just fucking becomes yeah. a demon yeah. out of nowhere. Like Which that's is pretty just, crazy, yeah. Again, the Pittsburgh Penguins don't turn it up until they want to turn it up, and that's why. Yeah. Like I was talking about the the playoff format today, and I, I got frustrated because I, I like broke my my rule of not calling the radio ever again. I was like, you know what, I'm done calling the radio because I'm done. I, I, I got the pod right, and yeah. these guys on the radio, uh, Randeep and Dan, they started talking about this playoff format. They had Chris Johnson on, uh, who's from Toronto, and most of this playoff Talk. format bullshit is coming from Toronto. I wonder why. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm looking at the playoff format, and I'm like, yo, just imagine if we had this playoff format yeah. when we were dominating the Northwest Division. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how much better it would have been for us? Yeah. And we had to play Chicago three times. Yeah. Who ended up winning the cup two out of the three times. Yeah. And th- that was during And we still like, had to play them in, yeah. the, in the first round of the playoffs when we yeah. won the fucking President's Trophy. Yeah. How is that fair? Yeah. At the end of the day, you gotta win the cup and you gotta go through these teams. And Randy was talking about how Tampa has to play the second best team in the East if, or the or the third best team in the East if um, they win the first round. Again, you gotta beat these teams either way. Does Toronto want to play Pittsburgh or do they want to play Boston? I feel like that's pretty even matchup. I really think that Pittsburgh, when they turn it up, are better team than Boston. Personally, when you have Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel, and even Washington said it, Lars Eller said it. He's like, yeah, when you beat Pittsburgh. You have that mentality to think you could beat anyone. Yep. And I guarantee you, Washington ain't scared of Tampa. And Washington isn't scared. I think I think they're not scared of Pittsburgh anymore. Yeah. Right? I think Pittsburgh, uh, Washington, and Tampa are the three elite teams in the in the East. And you'll see by the end of the year how good they are. Like they that 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 series that's gonna be in the third round is gonna go seven. Either it's gonna be Pittsburgh or Washington in the third round against Tampa. And that's gonna be a fun series to watch again because both times they went seven games. The year before Pittsburgh beat them in seven. And Washington beat them in seven. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch the playoffs in the East. There's so many interesting Even in the West, lines. man. Vegas and San Jose is a fucking sick series to watch. Well, that's going to be a fun like, series. Even uh, yeah. the winner of that series is going to play Calgary. What well, do you think? I, I've got zero faith in Calgary's goal. Well, I don't, I don't have faith in You know in they them, lost to LA today? Did they? Yeah, they <laughs> lost to the Kings. The thing is, I don't, I don't have faith in them. Yeah. But I think they're going to win the first round. Because they're going to play a lower level team, right? You yeah. expect them to they're win supposed the first to, round. I mean, I, I think right now they're projected to play Colorado, and I think we would assume that Colorado oh. wouldn't beat them. But oh. Colorado that's has a good, that top That's a good talent. matchup because McKinnon, yeah. in my opinion, is better steal. than anybody on, on, on yeah. Calgary. He I, could like, take over. He could take could, over You series. could make the argument that Goodrell is a better player than McKinnon. In my personal opinion, he's not. Yeah. And and, and, and I would even argue that I'd rather have uh, Colorado's goaltending over Calgary's. Yeah, Varlamov's been yeah. there. Yeah, so I mean, it it'll be interesting. That'll to see. be a really fun series to watch yeah. too. I think that's where personally, it's right I now. think Calgary wins in six. Yeah, but I think I wouldn't be. Surprised. I don't trust their goaltending yeah, at all. Like Big at all. Save Dave. <laughs> Let's uh, go. <laughs> so taking this back to the Canucks here. Um, now, one of the names that you mentioned, not from a trading perspective, but just in terms of um, a player that really has become somewhat of an untouchable-ish type of prospect for us is Wu. He's had, Jet Wu's had a fantastic year. Arguably speaking, he is our best defensive prospect. I know, including myself, I still have a lot of hope for Levy, and I still think he's going to, you know, become a top four defenseman for us. But Jet Wu took 
He's made some good strides. He's doing exactly what you thought and were hoping for from uh, a second-round draft pick. Um, mind you, there were a lot of other second-round draft picks last year that are doing really well, like that Bodie Wild guy and um, uh, the New York Islanders prospect. He's playing in the OHL. A lot of people are like seeing Brent Burns type of level of play, there, yeah, potential there. He's been just an offensive dynamite. What did say about Brent Burns today? Oh, that was so, <laughs> that was so funny, Dowdy. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, Jet Wu, like definitely at this point in time, unless you're getting like another legitimate top, you know, four defenseman type of. I, I don't, I don't see. I really, I really him. love Jet Wu. I like and, him. And uh, everything that we, a guy that we respect a lot, that talks about Jet Wu a lot, Cam Robinson. Cam. Everything he said about uh, yeah. Jet Wu has been positive things. Yep. It's been um, good. It's been a good year. Jet Wu's had a good year. Tyler Madden, I mean, arguably speaking, he's our best forward prospect right now. And I, I mean, don't think there's anybody else. Quentin Hughes is a defensive prospect, right? He's, he's coming well, in. Well, he's, uh, he's an NHL player. Let, yeah, let, let's a, take him off yeah, of the prospect take, yeah, list for yeah. all. Because let's be honest. You know, Quentin yeah. Hughes. He, he's he, he's Wu, off right? of, yeah, he's totally off of the prospect list. As far as I'm concerned, he's an NHL player. Yeah. Right? But as far as the forward prospect goes, it's like for me, you know, looking back at this year, one of the things that's been disappointing, uh, the number one thing that was disappointing to me was the, the Olevi injury. Like that sucked. Like, you know, that one. Hurt. Yeah, man. That like, was a tough one. I didn't think it'd be horrible. that. I, I knew it would be big. Especially coming off of like a back injury too. And you know? dude, the crazy thing about Olevi yeah. is people are so down on him, right? So he comes in, he had a back injury, right? And then people were like, he's not ready, go down to Utica, right? Didn't even get a training camp. So like, it's sort of fair that he's not ready to play in the NHL, right? He goes down, plays amazing, and then we hear he was playing through a knee injury while he was playing amazing, right? He was playing great. He had 13 points in 18 games while having this knee injury and coming off no training camp with the back injury. And now people are back again. uh, Bashing him, calling him a bust. Yeah, calling him a bust again. Again, I think the biggest problem was this kid's going to be his... Uh, I think his skating, people thought, was going to be good when he when he got drafted. His skating is a little bad. Like, it's not quick enough, yeah. in my opinion. And I think that's something he will get better at. And I think, I think next year, I could see him on the team. I think it'd be better to just develop him up in the NHL. And I know people will be like, you know what, he should play in Utica. I think he, would, I think he did well enough in Utica where he could be like... He had like a 20-game stint there where he played yeah. 18 games. Where you saw the potential that he that he could come in there and John play well. Again, his defensive game is bad, but if you pair him with a yeah. guy like Tanov, who probably they don't move in the summer, let's be honest, he's got no value. No, is it like on a third pair? Because yeah. like I'm yeah. looking at the I'm looking at the pairings next year, right? Because this is like the big thing they need to fix in the summer. Like yeah. they're off. Like honestly, losing the Sedins, people were like, "Where are the goals going to come from? Like who's going to score the goals?" And honestly, they've had enough. Like they scored. Quite a bit no, of goals. They haven't scored enough goals. Well, they could. They, 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 they just, scored more than we've expected them to score because they lost the Twins, right? They lost the Twins and so, they replaced them with basically Pedersen. Exactly. So they scored enough, like more goals than we expected them to score. Yeah. Because the bar was pretty low, right? Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. But the defense, like, defense, <laughs> like it needs it's, it, it needs work. Play. And yeah, again, I think Oli Olevi coming in next year would be pretty good third pair with. It's better than Pouliot and Gabranson. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's better than Hutton and Gabranson. Yeah. I think you look at the decor and I, I'm trying to... Everything's I, better than I'm, X with Gabranson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of ways to fix this decor. Like, yeah. I, I'm like this is what I think about every day. Like, I'm well, like... This is the biggest, biggest piece. I mean, honestly, yeah. like, what else are you going to do when like, you're not on uh, We can wait for Jet Wu. Yeah. And that's fine. I, I'm I'm, I'm going to wait. I think... Oh, yeah, that's at least two years, man. At least two years for Jet at Wu. At least And, and who knows? Jet Wu might not be the player we think he is. No. Because... Next year he could have a down year and he could have a terrible World Juniors because he will be on that World Junior team. He will be. Right? So this is what I look at, uh, the decor. So you got Tanev and and Lugelavi on the third pair. Yeah. You got uh, Hughes, Hughes, question mark, on the first pair. Okay. And then you have Stetcher and Edler on the second pair. Yeah. So that question mark needs to be filled with a legit defenseman. Carlson. And and I don't think Carlson's going to come here. Damn it. If I'm looking at a stopgap. Yeah. Biaga. I'm looking at a guy like Strawman. Stop guy. I'm not talking yeah, like long term deal. I'm talking two year deal or something like that. Yeah. Maybe a Strawman or a Jake not, Gardner. Not that bad of a Jake idea. Gardner wouldn't be a bad idea, yeah. but you would have to pay a little bit more. 
again, you would have to also make sure he's healthy because he's going he's going he's through a back, back injury, injury right now. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I concerns me the most with him. Yeah. Again, I'm looking at ways to just you know fix his decor for till Jet Wu gets ready. Yeah, and if Jet Wu is not legit, then you got to find another way. You know, yeah, <laughs> maybe it's you, maybe you trade for a Brett Pesci or a Dougie yeah. Hamilton. Or well, a, you had that other guy from Carolina that you were mentioning, um, Justin Falk. Justin Falk. He's yeah. a he's a guy that puts up goals. He's a he's yeah, got a he's wicked got a shot. shot. He's not old. He's Sven Berti's yeah. age, so he's a guy that you could buy low on, sort of, because he hasn't had amazing gear, but he's been good enough where. Well, Carolina he may could not want be to resign be, him because he's got one more year left on his deal. It's a, it's unfortunate. It sucks. There's, Justin there's, Falk is not a bad target, and I know yeah. he's not. Yeah, he's got one year left on his deal, so yeah. he could be a stopgap, sort of. Yeah. Again, you, you could just uh, acquire him for, like, I don't know, like, whatever. If you think he's legit, whatever, and he plays well, one resign year, him. He's probably not going to cost you a tremendous amount. Yeah. I think uh, for a guy like him, it depends what Carolina's needs are. I think a guy like Vertanen. Maybe. Again, it comes back to that same thing, right? Hutton and Vertanen. Hutton and Vertanen, the reason why, you know, we've got them... They're kind of like the the new Mason Raymond and 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 Ballard here, <laughs> but it's because like, yeah, it's because like those are legitimately speaking the best pieces that we're willing to give up. Like nobody wants to give up, even though you're you're right. You make a point. We may have to give up like a Tyler Madden type, even though that would suck. Cause it would suck because I think the I kid's think gonna be a player, good, good and potential. it might it might end up hurting the team if they don't target the right player. Of course, that can really but burn I th- you. Because I really think the, the kid's got skill, man. Yeah. Like, he's doing some... He's yeah. got ridiculous... Like, his hands are ridiculous. Like, yeah. his hands are legit. And he's got a decent shot. He's got speed. He's skinny, he's but... Got good speed, yeah. That's his one thing. He's skinny, and he's going to yeah. add weight. And if you've seen yeah. his dad, he's yeah. pretty thick. thick he's he's going to be a player. And then at the same time, we don't want to give up Jet Wu. You know, that's another good player. Can Jet um, Wu make the team next year? No, no chance. He's like, going to play. Like, let's no. say, let's say they do. Okay, I, 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 mean, don't, I, I don't think he no will. Chance. I don't think yeah. he will. But let's say they keep him up, but they send him to the World Junior. Like, what do you mean keep him up? Like, So oh, they keep okay. him up, right? Yeah, they play him. I, I, uh, just don't, I just don't think they will. I think he actually needs another year. And I think it will be good for him. Because I think the guy that he played, the guy that's one of the better guys is not going to be there next Josh year. Josh Brooks or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean... And then we always forget about this guy, Rathbone. You know, I mean, and he's had a good year in NCAA. He's this a good year. skating defenseman, you know? and and um, so I, I mean, I wouldn't completely discount <laughs> him. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, what sucks is the forwards that we were kind of very excited about, Lind, Lind, and Gadjevich. And I wasn't really high on Gadjevich ever. Gatchevich, I would knew if he was going to be a player and be like a guy. bottom six guy. Yeah, I thought he was going to bottom six. Yeah, guy. I think so that's like, what his upside was. That's not was. like excitement for me. No. <laughs> like you, could, you know, no, it, like, wasn't, it wasn't like Zach McCune is yeah. a bottom yeah, yeah, a guy that maybe you could turn into an asset too. Zach yeah. McCune. Yeah, because the year the year he's had in Utica is worth something. Yeah, you know, in my opinion, I think so. Um, but yeah, it's sort of one of those things where unfortunately the development of the Fords this year in Utica has been just it's been disappointing, like. Lind, he's young, and, and and I don't think anybody should write him off. This is just year one of his, you know, pro, you know, career. He's, you know, good. At, he's got to show something next year, so he still has that opportunity to show that. Okay, he, I haven't seen his numbers in a bit. Do you know what it is? I think there were like fourteen points in like forty-eight games or something like that. Fourteen points in what? Fourteen points in I think forty-eight games. I think it was. Maybe maybe a little. I think next year he's gonna have a good bounce back here. I'm hoping. I mean, what we need. I've seen. I've seen a lot of his uh, highlights. I've seen like I don't like watch him daily and everything like that. I've seen him enough to think that this kid's got more to give, and he's yeah. been he's uh, come in and he's expected. He didn't expect the AHL to be as tough as it has been. Apparently, um, his skating sign. is the one thing that he's always had trouble with. I feel like he's got a good shot. He's got good hockey yeah. IQ. 14 points in 48 games, three goals. That's mm-hmm. it, man. It's like that. That's Again, a shitty year, right? We'll see what happens. It's um, not a complete, like, it's not, I mean, it's his first year. It's his first year. Yeah. At least you know, he's got double digit points. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to see more from him. I'm, I'm hopeful that next year he can take a step and be at least sort of like that again, 60, 70 point type of guy, at least. Let's talk about culture again, right? Right. So Mike Gillis comes yeah, up. Let's do it. Uh, talks about how, uh, 
a great organizations have a culture yeah, and Nam posting the WhatsApp group the next yes, week. Yes, I do. Post the whole thing. And we it have this great con- article. And then man. I don't know. Did you read it? A month before, not really. I didn't read oh, the whole thing yet. It's a really, really but, good article. But months before, me and him talk about how culture. I was talking about culture is so important, and Al Nam says like culture wasn't important at all, and uh, and now he's now he's on the culture is important side just because Mike Gill has blabbed a couple of things on Pierre uh, Pierre LeBarn's uh, article on the athletic on the athletic, and now now apparently culture is important because let me let me <laughs> let, let me be clear. I'm not saying culture is important. I'll tell you straight okay, up. I okay? agree with you. I'll, I'll talk about it right now. Yeah. I think guys bringing no. in guys like Sutter, Gabranton, those kind of guys, they don't really do anything for the culture because they're not no. good players. You need you, players. You, like a guy like Edler brings value. A guy like Edler is going to teach guys like Stetcher, uh, Hutton, and maybe Brisebois, and maybe Quinn Hughes, Breezebois. right? I, honestly, I think Edler is a guy that you can keep around, and, and there's a value there because he's been with the organization since he was drafted. The Sedins were good culture carriers because they were here since they were drafted, and like they've been a part of the organization. They know what it takes to be a Canuck. Guys like Sutter, guys like Branson, those guys don't know what it is to be a Canuck because they haven't been here from the start. They don't know. They just they're here for the money. And they, they, I feel like they took t- they, they've taken like they've taken advantage of the money and just not played to their Potential. Potential, because, I don't know. So let me tell you something about culture. Here's my take on culture. You don't win because you have culture. You have culture because you win. Do you get that? So think about that for two seconds, okay? I think a lot of times... So so Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, before they won, didn't set a culture? No, the culture in Pittsburgh is because they won. So the Canucks don't have a culture then? Because right, they never right won. now, they haven't won. They don't. So the no Sedins, when they were working their butts they were, no, off, and wait, and I'm not saying you have to win just NHL Stanley Cups. I'm talking about you have to be a, a winning team. And the Sedins, while they were here, we were a winning team. We just unfortunately couldn't win the cup. We were a playoff team, right? Mm-hmm. That to me is like how you build culture. Mm-hmm. So what what Jim? So does, when the Utica Comets. <laughs> Yeah. See, we're, we're talking about the culture, we're talking about Utica, culture right? in Utica, and, and, Utica. And, and it was all like, and, oh, yeah. okay. So okay, like, no, I'm talking okay, NHL. Okay, here, okay, okay, okay. Right? I mean, forget but, Utica's okay, okay, culture. But man. he had to set a culture for the young guys. But that because that's what a team is, you know? Like, no, like man. you got to like, a you look at you look at Wacy Hamilton. You look at all those old guys that have been playing there. They're not going to play in the NHL, right? No. Those guys go go into go into Utica, working for a paycheck, playing in the NHL. That's their job, right? And they're setting the example for the young kids to come in because they got to work just as hard as those guys. You know, that's no, that's, that's what's called. It, it's Utica, though, man. It's I know Utica. I, it's, it's your development. I know, but then you league. can't get angry at Trent Cole for trying to set a culture. No, man. That, that, Trent Cole's job is developing the players. That's like you going out there and saying, Yo, "Oh, I agree. The, at the I, WHL I agree. level, but maybe that's you know, how let's you not have play, to develop. Let, let's not play the eighteen-year-old because we got to play the twenty-year-olds at the WHL level because we got to set a culture." No, like the whole point of a, of a culture to me is that you need good players on the ice. Now, with that being said, obviously you need to avoid like the cancer types, right? But if you're a hockey player and you get to that level. You know, it usually means that you culture work your is ass important. off. Culture is important, but, but like, again, I agree. With I'm you not going. I'm not going to say it's everything. Like for example, like Jim, Jim and John, they chase culture. They overvalue right? it. They overvalue it. They overpay for it, and it's like, yo, dude, you still need to win on the ice. Mm-hmm. You can have they brought in Jay the, Beagle because of his <laughs> this culture. And what, what did he like? What's the on ice like? Like, and that's the thing. Like, if Jay Beagle was your only culture guy everybody else you brought in because you know you have a lot of good skill and whatnot and he's that one culture guy you're bringing in so be it you can live with it Mm -hmm. but they've targeted so many guys and look at what chasing culture has got us Mm -hmm. we're a shit team even i mean honestly as much as there's excitement over you know this year and, and we're happy about the kids doing well Guess who's not done well? All these veterans who are supposed to show the culture. Yeah, the veterans I mean, have. Tell been. me, like, if you're Patterson. Edler has been the only good veteran on Ed, the team Ed, this year. Edler's been and the let's only give Edler some props. Absolutely. Yeah, we could have. For sure. As much as we phenomenal. want him to wave, as much yeah. as we want him to, you know, like, maybe well, not do that draw pass sometimes. Especially what you see, what <laughs> but, you know, Cal- Calgary was willing to give up potentially for Edler. My God, Edler has been a beast this he's, year. He's had a phenomenal and Maybe year. because it is a contract year. Probably because it's contract <laughs> year. Yeah, because. That tends to happen. Isn't I think. It funny? I think Edler just. I think Edler was when he came into the league, and I think they've talked about it. When he came in, they were on, he was coming into a winning team, pretty much. You he, know? Was, like he was, and this and, was this was a and he organization. Probably, he probably thought, 
I'm gonna be a part of this my whole life. I'm gonna be a yeah. part of a winning team. I got the scenes here, you know. And Absolutely. now he's going through a, a, a stage where it's it's tough. It's tough for Absolutely. a player. The scenes retired because of it. Like they yeah. were, you know. I mean, just like you you tell me, like if you're someone like Pedersen, for example, because Mike Gillis said. No, no, it changed your mind on culture. Let's be honest. No, no, I, I'll I'll tell you. Like honestly, I've always I, I've do sometimes feel like I get annoyed of like people that are all like, oh, it's all about the culture, it's all about the culture. Then you're just like sort of like, shut the, the fuck up, right? Like, stop with the culture shit. Focus on the skill. Our team sucks, right? Trust me, the culture will come, right? People talk about like Chicago's culture. Oh, you know they have such a good culture. Well, look, the team sucks right now. What happened to their culture? Well, no, right? they still do. Like, the, I think Strom and DeBrincat are going to learn a lot from guys like Kane and Taze. But they're they're not a good team right now. They're not right? a good team. But so that's all who, out of it you know, because like, of it is because Keith has been. I know, but you yeah. still need good players. Yeah, is what I'm do. getting you, at, well, right? I agree. I think now, the guys with that are going to set said, the culture here. Patterson, Besser, Horvat, yeah. like they're going to set the culture here, and I agree. And with Edler, that being said, and Edler has said it, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Edler. It's gonna. I think he's helped guy like Stetcher. Like yeah. as much as I know, Stetcher's probably a four or five guy on a good team, but he yeah, has probably a four. Yeah, yeah, he has helped guy like Stetcher. And sure, but I mean, again, like how many good, good to great teams do you see? How many collection of teams do you see with a lot of really high end talent that suck, right? And I don't think that happens that that often. Like I get it, you know. We especially to me, Look cultures, at Buffalo, like, Buffalo we still were, is we another, were, we, but we, they're we, another team that has a lot of top end talent, mm-hmm. right? Now, Look, remember we were having this conversation? Yeah. They won like ten in a row at one point. They did. We're just like. And wow! Like, holy shit! Look, Buffalo's look, arrived. Yeah, Buffalo. And I still arrived. think, but I still think Buffalo's gonna be fine when it's all said and done. I mean, Rasmus Dahlin is such a phenomenal They're lower player. than us in the standings. But they've just—they've yeah—they're tanking hard. But like, why? They're not I tanking. They're I mean, just, what I mean, tanking is like the team is like just the guy, so they shit. Added a guy like Brandon Montour, yeah. who's a, a player that the Canucks are actually thinking about targeting, Cornelli Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and at least they were thinking that's about not it a, earlier. That's not a player that's a difference. Right? No, He's the guy that. I, I wouldn't mind on my on the right side on a second or third pair. Yeah, yeah, right for sure. And and again, going back to this whole you know culture argument, I really, in my opinion, culture comes from winning, not from I agree chasing the beagle types, the Sutter types, the guys that are not good hockey players. You think when they retire the, those uh, those Sadin jerseys next year, and those players that have not, like the only player that's going to be on that team from that 2011 run was That's Edler, right? right? Horvat like, was around the Sedins for a little bit. He learned a lot. So he learned a lot, right? Yeah. And those guys know what those guys meant for this franchise. They, like, yeah. I think some of the players last year when they saw us, like, you know, like it, the farewell and everything, special. they sort of like saw yeah. that, right? Again, that's the kind of feeling I want again. Like of that, course, but you know, that, when, you know when that's going to come? When we start winning. Exactly, and we have we enough high I want to see the, chandi, the flags at the yeah. Osaki. We know? need <laughs> high-end talent, yeah. man. We need a lot of it. And then on top of that, you need depth. Let's talk about right. the talent. Because next year, I think, well, this is the upcoming draft. Yeah. We're most likely going to pick from 8 to, to 11. Eight right to now, 11, eight, sure. 8 to 11. Yeah, let's go with that. Right, 8 yeah. to 11, right? Yeah. And you look at the list, right? There's a couple guys. Uh, Turcotte's probably going to move up. He, I don't know, I honestly have no idea that I, the rank is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, even today, Craig Button came out with his ranking and he had Turcotte at eighth, right? Mm-hmm. And so it kind of seems like it really depends on who you like. Like, a lot of guys like that Zegris guy, oh. right? A lot of guys, some guys like Cousins, some guys don't like him, some guys like Dak, I'm like some guys don't to like take him. take a guy that's from the CHL almost, I feel like. I'm not, not saying... Not CHL. I would say oh, uh, WHL. I don't know what WHL is weird when it comes to forwards. No, it's not the WHL. I think it's, I think it's just because... I'm not saying the OHL and all that stuff. Like, there's obviously the high-end talent where, like, the top two. I, I like, think we're a little bit biased to the U.S. right now. Yeah, just because cause, all our yeah, best guys yeah, tend to come true, from there. True. Or Europe. And that's why I want those right? Turkon and Zegris. And, yeah, let's you know, keep it real. Yeah. We got a little bit of that Judd special yeah, that comes exactly, in, right? Exactly. So, I mean, and, and I, hey, would it really surprise you if we pick... There are, like, at least, a lot what, of good three US or four program guys right? There, three man. or four guys. Really that, good players. You know, really good players. I'm not even talking Jack, right? Like, three or four guys that could totally fit in that criteria. Top ten, too. Yeah. And you know, so I mean, there are some names there, but Zegers is the one playing behind Jack, right? He's, and, uh, yeah. he's a center too. Yeah, he's. I was watching well. him play, man. He's got some high end talent. He's got a muffin of a shot, though. Craig I'll Button said he and take it for what it's worth. Craig Button said Zegers reminds him of Pedersen. Ooh, that's what he said in his. But he's uh, got no today. shot, though. 
And well, Patterson, Patterson had no shot, shot too. Either, but right? so but it, yo, his, he's ethic. got a muffin of a shot. A lot yeah. of the time I watch these highlights, right in the crest. Yeah. Right in the middle goal, he's just like... I gotcha. He's got, he's got some high-end playmaking yeah. ability, though. Like yeah. high-end playmaking ability. I mean, I... I like, Zegris is one. It's, it's, uh, Soderstrom's one. Kreb is another guy, and I, I know you mentioned John Jang. Really John Jang him, loves right? Kreb. He but talks about him all the that time. That guy, you know, he played on a really shit, shit, shit and team. I'm sort of hesitant to take him again. I don't know. All those WHR guys kind of scare me. And maybe it's a Jake Bertanen thing, to be very <laughs> honest with you, man. I know no, we were talking again, about him earlier. you don't take the guy that's physically developed, right? You take the yeah. guy that needs physically... Needs to get Cousins is kind of a little bit of that physical. He's a big boy. Exactly. Cousins, that's that's right? why I'm so a little hesitant to Doc take him, too. A, not Doc, sorry. Yeah, Krebs. Doc. No, it is Doc. No, Krebs is also a big small. boy. Doc's a big boy, and Cousins is a big boy. Kreb isn't. Kreb is, I think, the 5'11 yeah, guy. He's skinnier. Left winger. The thing with Krebs, though, is he's got an intent work ethic. Like, yeah. Like, he's one of those guys that doesn't take, like, he doesn't give a fuck. He just wants to work hard. That's what John Jenks says a lot. Yeah. I'm not taking his An- word for it. Another guy that, um, coming from the U.S. Development Program, um, Matthew Boldy. Oh, yeah. He's right? a, he's a left winger. winger right? A big left, a tall, yeah. Yeah. Uh, playmaking left winger, too. Yeah. And he can score. Yeah. That's one, that's one guy that really interests me. It's yeah. him, he's a, Boldy. He's another guy. The Caulfield's one, but I think Caulfield's the guy you want to take after guy. 10. Yeah. So if you're picking eleven, I think yeah. maybe that would be more, yeah. more, uh, more of a guy so- you target. Soderstrom is interesting. I mean, I have a lot of people that some really seem to like him, and some are just like, yeah, I don't really see the neck, the big thing. Like the thing with Soderstrom is, he's playing in the SHL, so like he's playing with men, so he he can't really like dominate because yeah. it's hard. Like, come on, Pedersen dominated. Yep. Like that's like next level, right? Yep. Even Rasmus Dahlin last year didn't dominate the SHL. He had a good year. Yeah, he didn't dominate. But again, I think Soderstrom's got so much potential, man. Like yep. I think he's got, I think he 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 has the potential to be better than Byram. Oh wow, that's big. Because a lot of people are like super high. Because not Byram. again. I think well, Aldi and uh, Sat talk about it all the time. I'm I'm dropping a lot of six fifty names today. Oh, <laughs> but Aldi and Sat talk about it all the time. Um, this is it's what not about. When it's Matt not about shits on the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not about how your straight uh, your straight head speed is about how you turn and how it's all your cutting and yeah. and your edge work. It's all about yeah. that stuff. And Soderstrom's edge work is legit. Yeah. It's his like straight ahead speed yeah. that's not. Like full on. I'm intrigued later. to see him. Uh, I think he's probably going to play in the under 18s, and I'm intrigued to see how his game is when when the t- tournament happens. Because when does that we, tournament start? I think it's typically April. So it's after the draft. After the lottery draft. Oh okay. yeah. The, oh, no, the, draft. the draft is in June. Draft is in so, June, so right? Like yeah. After the lottery. So draft. after the lottery draft is, I think, when the U18s play. It'd be interesting to see him play against his peers because I think you know you kind of. I think against his men. peers, he might be even better. Well, I think that's going to be. It the makes part. sense, see, right? Like how again, I mean, he plays on the bigger ice too, though. Yeah, and but that's the thing. Like he's one of those guys. Like playing against men at this age, it's like amazing. that's a good thing. Yeah. And and from what I understand, he's played very well against men. And maybe I'm just like like high on Sorsen because a right shot defenseman. But again, yeah. I've seen him play like. People say he's like another Yolevi, and I'm just like, bro, Yolevi was not playing against men at 17 years old. I wasn't holding his own and playing a lot of minutes. How many points did he have? You look at that. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. I think he's got about four points last time I checked. Okay, so he's not like high end points, but no, no, he again, has- playing with playing against men is just another level. Yeah, it's it, it's tough. I mean, and he's playing a lot of minutes, right? Like and, he, six, and he's been playing minutes. And I think I I, I I read somewhere that his advanced stats have also been really good. Really good. He's good at moving the puck. Yeah. Um, so again, I mean, it's, it's his skating that people are concerned about, but it's not his edge work. His edge work is legit. People say, uh, according yeah. to Ryan Beach, his edge work is legit. I think it's kind of comes down to that thing. Like people were saying this about Dobson last year. Like, does he have that sort of it factor? Or again, is if you have a guy, I know. You got draft for more most skill, and I'm not saying don't take uh, like don't take a more skilled guy over him. I'm just saying yeah. if he's there, and I and I've heard the Canucks are really high on him. Victor Sturdestrom. Yeah, they're very high on him. Um, yeah. and it was between let's say it's between Krebs, um, uh, Zegris, Boldy, and Sturdestrom. So that's a tough decision to make. Yeah. Like you could even go with Boldy, who's a left yeah, winger. Seven right? points in 44 games. That's not bad. That's not bad, but it's, it's not, not bad playing against men. It's man. a defenseman, right? Again. Right. Like, 
I I I just like I'm not getting power play time or anything, right? I I I don't think so. Yeah. Um. Honestly, like I just a guy who's played against men and his and his you know draft year. What Kako's doing, man? Oh my god! Like I actually think Kako has a legit chance of going first overall because I I don't think that's a hot like legit. Like I know. Again, another 650 reference here. Yeah. Um, Sam Collentino said it. Like, if you look at his numbers, you compare him to Line A, you compare him to, uh, uh, compare him to Barkov, you compare him to all those legit finished forwards that came out of the draft a few years ago, he's he's ahead of them all in all the stats. Yeah. Right? And he's like, he's legit, man. And he if the Canucks somehow find a way, because the chances of him picking one are really low. But the chances of them getting in the lottery aren't that low. Like they could actually get in the lottery. Like there's yeah. ch- like they could get in the two three spot. Yeah, and I would be I would love. So so just from here reading this tweet, it's possession numbers in the SHL are similar to Boquist from last year. And, and Boquist, did Boquist not even play in the SHL? I thought, I think he, I thought he played. Uh, I thought he had some games in the SHL. But he last played most. Year. Of, and he struggled. But he, he wasn't like full time. Like but apparently like, Soderstrom's pe- played the entire year. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Like these guys that play the full year at like as uh, in a men's league at that age, mm-hmm. like that's positive. Yeah, I mean all, the coach isn't you know like his mama here who's just sort of like here. Well, let no, me play my nephew. Swedish nephew. guy that came on uh, Bodine. Yeah, and this yeah. is not six fifty. <laughs> yeah, but he was talking about how he looked like Rasmus Dahlin. Like I'm not saying he looked like yeah. he never said he was gonna be Rasmus Dahlin, but he looked like the the amount of minutes he was playing. Yeah. He sort of like people were like, "Yo, this guy's legit," and people had him ahead of Broberg. And Broberg is gonna be another defenseman that's gonna be available in the draft too. Yeah, I, I I I don't know. I've kind of heard up and down things about Craig's him. Craig's really high on him. Right. Some some got him, you know, around the ten range. Some have him around like twenty range. Um, I don't know. I, Again, I I would take this guy over. I would take Soderstrom over. My expectations is we're picking eight to eleven. Yeah. I'm not gonna get my hopes high again because not this time. No, I'm not gonna yeah. eight to eleven. And I and I really love the talent in that range. I wouldn't say I love it. I think next year's what's draft, the difference I'm between love? five and eight? The, so the tier apparently is from three to nine, ten ish. Is what a lot of people think. Like from everything I've read, because there's always been guys that are taken in five that aren't better than the guys that were taken nine, eight. Mind you, I believe that three and four is starting to kind of separate itself. I think Turcotte and Byram are starting to. Byram, I think, I think they are becoming a little bit of a mini tier. Byram is a legit skater, and he could jump up into the play. He scores a lot of goals, right? Like. He's like I'm pretty sure Morgan Riley played the dub, so yeah, he did. People compare him to him a lot. I I bet, and he didn't get a lot of games that year because he was injured. Mm-hmm. He, um, so he missed a lot of a lot of games. And he went high. So. And he went high. He went fifth, right? And a, and and a really weak draft, though. Yeah, right? I could see this being one of those drafts where just like Hughes last year, Byron drops to like that seven eight range. I could totally see it because there are centers here and people. You know they tend to really so turn off the center. Colson is a center. Zegers is a center. Doc is a center. Doc is a center. There's four right there. That's four right and there. We're not, even ta- we're, we're not even talking about the top two, right? Yeah, that's five players right there. Yeah, that are centers. Centers, and then I and then you got Kako totally. that's going to go in between. Kako is going to go number two, and then Byron not one. Going to go. S- I, I can. I'm telling you, like, I could totally. And then there's that Russian kid that a lot of people seem to like that pod. Paul Colson guy, yeah. But again, the Russian factor. I wouldn't touch him. I wouldn't touch him at all. Really? I heard I, he's got like. I like, heard he's got high end potential. But I, I heard he's like has no weaknesses. No. Like no weaknesses, and I don't know. I, people I, compare him to Pavel Datsuk. Man, I've seen no. comparisons to Pavel Datsuk. I'm just so freaked out about this whole Russian. Russian there thing? already are rumors that people don't know when he's gonna come over and all this shit, you know. And and he could be like the next, you know, Kuznetsov, or right? Radulov. Like, or I don't know, right? I just there's you too much Kuznetsov, risk. Like I, I think players I think, that, but teams like Tampa Bay and Washington just risk taking these guys in the because players. they pick them late. Nobody picks them in the top ten, right? Like if this was, if that Potskin guy or whatever his name is was available in like you know, let's say the twenty fifth pick or something like that, you're like, sure, whatever, I'll roll the no, dice. Honestly, if he's there at eight nine, I'm taking him. I don't even care. You just take that's, the guy. That's so risky. He's man. a legit player, man. That's so risky. Watching him play in the World Juniors. Did he play in the World Juniors? 
He did. I think he did, right? Yeah. He was legit in the World Juniors too. We don't even know if he played, but yeah, he was. No, legit. no, no. I remember, like, I remember watching him play in a Russian jersey. I didn't know which what, what tournament it was. Yeah, I, I right? don't know. That guy, that guy, just yeah. To me, it's. I've heard a things. lot of stuff about him being Pavel Datsuk comparison. Like, he's got no weaknesses. A great two way player. He did play in the World Juniors. He put up three points in seven games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, too much risk to me. I, I just uh, it makes me feel very uneasy just picking. Draft a draft a Russian like that that high, there's just the there's too much. This year is, I think better than last year. And even like with the you know you like with the draft this year better than last year. Yeah, people said that if Byron went no, in last man. year's draft, I, I'll take last year's last year's top ten. Like, no, actually, last year's draft was really like good. I'm telling you, man. Like who, like like nobody's disappointed in the top ten of last year's draft. Like you could argue that I, I mean Edmonton probably loves Bouchard. Hey, so maybe like, maybe Zadina is disappointing. No, I think Detroit's been happy. I think Detroit's been happy. He's no, done well. A lot of fans have so to Quinn. Oh, well, yeah. Compare relatively speaking, yeah. But like Zadina himself is a good prospect. Nobody's really taken a step back. Nobody really has. Shown I really hope potential. Zadina turned into a bus so I could just fucking piss off Jason. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> just revenge. It's all personal. All just, just I all, hope all he about revenge. Yeah, it's all about all about revenge here. But, um, I mean, uh, look, I, I think last year's draft was a pretty good draft. Um, you know, so, I don't know. This year's, uh, there's a lot of iffiness to me. Like, some of these WHL guys, I'm not sold. Um, uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, like, I, I'm staying away from Cousins. Yeah. But the only WHL guy you would be, you'd like is Byron, I'm guessing? Byron right now. Uh, Doc, uh, sorry, um, uh, Krebs intrigues me. I want to see him play more. Again, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of these guys play. I've been U18, watching a lot man. of Zegris uh, highlights, a lot of uh, Boldy highlights, Caulfield, a lot of the U.S. development program guys. U18. That's, or Sorderstrom, too, just because uh, I'm a fan of Sorderstrom. So our next episode that we're going to try to record is going to be, um, hopefully, if we can make this happen, it's going to be the day of the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. So let's get your prediction as we wrap up the show here. What do you think? Your pick, prediction? Pick a ninth. Pick a ninth? Yeah. I will say... I'll go eighth. Before, I'll go eighth. Before we wrap up here, should we do the uh, simulator quickly? Yeah, yes, let's do it. All right, here we go. Draft simulator. By the way, can we do this once a day and update our results on Twitter? Let's do this just for fun. Yeah. Once a day, and let's update this on Twitter. All right, here we go. Uh, Chicago first. All right. Ooh, Jack Hughes going to Chicago. Edmonton number two. Oh, Kako oh, and McDavid. No. Ottawa number three. Vancouver well, will Ottawa, not Ottawa, Colorado. Uh, Colorado. Unless, unless it's Ottawa. No, no, no it's Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, Vancouver. Ouch! Wow. Vancouver drops in return. Well, Chicago and Edmonton is the worst thing ever. That is the worst thing that ever. That would be the worst possible result. All right. Well, that was the SCT show presented by Four Seasons Disposal. I'm Nam. He's Tanbeer. This is where Canucks conversation lives. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>